Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. The Vinny Rock Podcast would like to thank the following sponsors. Core Medical Group. Core Medical Group distinguishes itself as a prominent entity in the healthcare sector, specializing in offering innovative hormone replacement therapy solutions, which stand as a testament to their commitment to advancing healthcare. Core Medical Group values building enduring relationships and ensuring that each interaction is tailored to meet the specific needs of the professionals and institutions they serve. Learn more now at coremedicalgrp.com. GMR Gold. The bullion box by GMR Gold stands as the pioneering offering in the precious metals industry, being the first ever monthly subscription service for precious metals. It manifests as a seamless and innovative solution for those keen on diversifying their investment portfolios with precious metals, making the acquisition of gold, silver, platinum, and palladium uncomplicated and straightforward. To learn more and subscribe to Bullion Box, go to gmrgold.com. Everest.com. Everest stands as the paramount independent outdoor marketplace founded by individuals with a relentless passion for the great outdoors. They are driven by a singular mission, to provision goods for every facet of the untamed and boundless wild, be it hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, survival, and more. So step up, immerse yourself in the diverse tapestry of outdoor life, and let Everest be your guide to transcending the ordinary and embracing the extraordinary in the world outside at Everest.com. Modern Gun School. Modern Gun School provides a tailored learning experience allowing you to study on your terms whenever and wherever it's most convenient for you. Their flexible open enrollment policy means you can kickstart your education for a career as a modern gunsmith immediately. Modern Gun School proudly accepts the GI benefit and vocational rehab, emphasizing their commitment to supporting veterans and individuals undergoing vocational rehabilitation. Embark on a journey of discovery and skill enhancement with their accredited program and carve your niche in gunsmithing with Modern Gun School today. To learn more and enroll, go to mgs.edu. Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is deeply rooted in a reverence for time-honored traditions and enduring values. Working hand-in-hand with farmers and ranchers who share a mutual respect for these principles. Stay Classy Meats is not just a brand. It's a movement towards real food, a commitment to quality, and a journey to share a piece of Montana's unparalleled meat quality with the world. To place your order, visit stayclassymeats.com. What's up, y'all? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Uh, let me check my levels. A little high. Make, make like a high, like a hiney ho. Do you remember that? Yeah, make, make a high, make a hiney ho. <laughs> make a hiney ho. Yes, dude. Thank you for your patience. I'm wearing the same outfit because it's filming on the same day, so it'll be all judgmental motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Um, uh, Jesus. So I have a few sponsors. Uh, I need to mention them because uh, they flew you out. Thank you. Core Medical Group, dude. Core Medical Group is a testosterone replacement therapy company that I've been working with for about six years now. Um, I go on and off testosterone depending on the heart condition, but besides that, when I am on... And things are rocking. I feel really good. But the cool thing about that company is that we have completely gotten into the veteran space and have changed a lot of lives. So you already know low T can cause some depression, several other things that uh, veterans struggle with. And so when I partnered with them, it was just a huge opportunity for me to hopefully offer uh, some some kind of answer for the guys who are struggling with depression, anxiety, and also weight issues. So Core Medical Group flew you out, and I just want to say thank you to them. There's other sponsors. We'll mention them later at the end of the podcast, but we just had in and out. It was so good. <laughs> I'm stuffed. Animal style. This is my first time eating and then doing a podcast. So I'm a little, got to wake up a little bit. Some Jesus. burpees or something? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? Some burps maybe, not burpees. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A, man. So for the people who are listening, would you want to give a quick little bio on who you are? 
Yep. I am Alex Barone. I am 5'9", based in Los Angeles. <laughs> like long walks on the beach? Um, yeah, Alex Barone, born and raised in Baltimore, live in Los Angeles, met uh, Vinny Rock through the show Mayans. That's how we blossomed our friendship. Yes, sir. And uh, here I am today. Yeah, uh, Alex, he plays, those of you guys who are just listening and not watching... If you're watching, you know exactly who the fuck he is. But if you're listening, he plays Bottles, which wow. is an incredible character that I was there for the original inception of the idea and got to hear, got to hear all the little ups and downs of potentials that might happen with your character. Mm. And it wasn't easy for me to kind of like, man, your character, just, we'll just talk about that real quick. Your character in the, in, in, in the writing room, um, was the most loved character in the writing room. And remember, and you guys are listening or watching, it's a character that we've manifested in our head and we've created these storylines for, and you never know who's going to act it at the time. I mean, this is months before your name was ever brought up or we even saw your picture from casting. Mm, I haven't heard of this yet. Yeah, and so you're sitting there and creating this story, and you're like, man, Bottles is going to be a very loved character. Just thinking of the little... You know, because when you're writing in the writing room, everyone kind of has ideas and everyone's kind of throwing them. It's like, imagine just throwing an idea into the middle of the pot. Sure. And, you know, Elgin wanted this character that was, you know, um, new to the group, but kind of, kind of off the whole big glasses thing was kind of a cool, just different, just mm -hmm. very different. But the part of, part of him trying to find his way into the club, right. To find his home, but as well as like, um, we were going to watch him on set kind of find his way through. And which is kind of a, a cool for the audience. It's kind of cool. Cause you're like, I think some of the audience feels like, Oh man, if I was in this, if I was new, how would I handle it? How would I work? Yeah. And so to get to watch your character go from what he did to the end, um, it was one of those, like, please don't let him get killed. Cause he's kind of a sweetheart. You know what I mean? Sweetheart with an edge. Sure. Yeah. And so I had no idea who they were going to have. Right. Like I showed up on set. And there you go. And I'm like, oh shit, that's bottles, dude. And it was really cool to see them put the how casting does it and how production does it and however they f choose that. Um, it's a, it's an area of the entertainment industry that I don't know very well, but I enjoy. I enjoy seeing and hearing these stories. But getting to watch everything on paper come to life with you, and then the first scene we did here. Do you remember the first scene? Yeah. What was it? Hey, you were super fucking cool when I showed up, too, because <laughs> we were talking right before we shot. Remember, it was yeah. our first day. Uh, everybody was very welcoming, very family vibes there. Uh, first scene was the same as the audition scene. It was... Was that? Was that your audition scene? Who you're going to listen to, yeah. Uh, Downer. Yes, yes. It was, like a, it was a really good scene. Yeah. So those of you guys who are listening, if you've seen the, the, the episode where we are, I guess the senior dudes are watching... As the younger dudes are moving our guns, this is the AK-47s that we got from whatever, whatever deal. Um, and Downer and and um, Weddle mm -hmm. are kind of arguing, and Downer kind of gives you an order, and then, uh, then Weddle gives you an order. Yeah. Bottles, that order. go get me a fucking beer. Yeah, bottles, <laughs> go get me a fucking beer. How he does it, right? Yeah. Only how Angel can do it. So yeah, so beautiful it. how he Downer talks. So well. And then uh, what as well? You fucking listen, listen, uh, prospect. Yeah. That whole engagement. So <laughs> that was your audition. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. With the look, so uh, my buddy actually Kurt Yeager, who who helped me do the audition. Yeah. You know, help each other tape everything. He it was his idea to kind of do this the glance <laughs> with the eyes because if you remember, I kind of tilt my head down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know what to do here. Yeah. But that kind of pause in between the uh, downer and where I was saying that, yeah. and then looking down beneath beneath the uh, glasses, it kind of made Elgin told me later on. He's like, you know, bottles like you said is kind of a way for the audience to see, yeah, or to feel like put themselves in in his shoes and yeah. kind of get a glimpse of the the club and everything, but. The, the reason why he has those big, chunky glasses is also kind of a, a window to his soul, right? For, oh, for the audience. It really blows him up. Yeah. Um, and that kind of to have that moment was was fun. And that was episode one. That it was, was right episode off the one. Bat. It was yeah. episode one. It was, it was the first time I met you, first time I met Weddle, who Andrew, who who plays Weddle. Yeah, my PFF. And um, 
another when you both walked in i was just like you know it's it's funny i've been there six years right from the first year of the first pilot to the end it's awesome and i've seen guys come and go and there's guys that come in that just don't blend with the group for some reason whether it's ego whether it's their maybe their their role wasn't significant enough for us to even give them attention to right there's both sides of that Mm. um and when you guys walked in I don't know how everyone else felt, but what I felt is immediately you guys fit in. It just felt right. There was not a, a, a weird, uh, and I think there was a little bit of that with Downer because originally he wasn't part of our crew, mm. right? Downer originally was one of the bad dudes across the table that I was like, fuck this dude, bro. You know what I mean? So when he, when they say he was in our crew, that for a little bit was like, what the fuck are we doing that for? Kind of thing, right? Because there was yeah. a little bit of animosity. There was a little bit of ownership of our own club and who the fuck is this dude coming into our club? Sure. So even with him, it was a little, hmm, I don't know. Now, I love the fucking actor. Like, I love Angel. The guy's fucking, Angel Kendall is one of the best fucking dudes ever. And so I love him so much that I actually, when he would act, I'd always, like, does he know this is acting or is it real? (laughs) Like, that's how good he is. So committed, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, for him, for me, I was like, oh, man, it doesn't feel good that this dude, when you guys came on board, it felt right. And it felt right in a sense, like, I saw what, and I was like, Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And I saw you at bottom. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and the first moment we got to see you guys act was that moment. Like that was all of us got to see it for the first time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What That's wild. Say? No, I'm just going to say like, it brought me right back to it. But yeah. I, I felt right for us too. Like it was comfortable right off the bat. Yeah. I don't think Didn't... anyone made you feel weird at all. No, because it was a little, it was a little in our, you know, getting in your heads prior to showing up and you're like, oh, I'm coming in fifth you know, season, not even knowing it was going to be the final or not, but right. just coming in after you guys all knew each other and then being the new guys was kind of like, that's never uh, easy. No, but it felt easy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You guys were all family right, right, right away. Yeah. I think, um, we were just excited to be there again. It's always fun. Like the, the first episode is always a fun, like reconnection with people, but as well as it takes a little bit to be like, Oh yeah, we're in it. We're doing this, you know? Yeah. And that scene, I think you guys really helped kind of, catapults us into the season and feel felt really the energy was live man it felt really good uh i remember watching you in the scene and i think i laughed just like oh that was good like it was good because you looked i got to meet you before your bottles just as you right that day yeah but then to see you turn on the character of bottles and looked a very like reluctant to, to to make a decision um not very confident with his actions that was fucking dope. Yeah, it was dope. It was like, oh fuck yeah, this dude is good. And we all, I think all of us like, like, dude, they're good. Like, yeah, they're good. And it was cool. We got the okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> nice. Not everyone gets that, dude. Not everyone gets that. Sometimes you walk around and you're like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so well, you I guys get... made, made a good energy. I'm mean, still kind of riding the wave of, of Mayans and thankful for that whole experience. And not even knowing it was going to go beyond that first yeah. uh, episode. Yeah. You, know? you had so no, just you had having no fun idea with the character. When, when you signed your contract, you were just episodic. Yeah, yeah, it's it just poss- like, possible recurring. I think or we'll something see like how that. it goes, kind of thing. See how it goes, yeah. Damn. And then it was that was kind of the the adrenaline rush of the whole thing was not knowing what the next episode was going to be and what's going to happen. And yeah. Andrew and I being the new guys would always be on our chair like, dude, does, do you think everyone likes us? Is are, are we like? Yeah, are we I, doing I, good. Is it? <laughs> dude, I was the same guy season one and two. Yeah, season no. three, I kind of knew I've kind of solidified myself in the group, and but I also still knew I was on a chopping block. I think we all we're all potentially on a chopping block. But season one and two, I'm like, oh, I'm in another episode. Oh, I'm in another episode. Yeah. And it just kind of kept turning into that. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, I, I, I imagine. But this is, is this considered to you one of your biggest opportunities in acting? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But you had a movie just before this, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. It's called Luckiest Girl Alive. That's a pretty big movie. It was. It did really well. Was that it's, your other biggest role? Or was there, is there another? That was, yeah. The, up until that point, the biggest. Yeah, for yeah. sure. How, how was it on that set? Tell me about that whole experience of that set. It was dope, except it was mid. Uh, are those your dogs? Those are my dogs. Are yeah. they okay? They're good. My wife oh. just opened the garage. Oh, okay. This is what happens when you build a studio in your house. You know, <laughs> shit happens. Sorry about Super that. Super sweet studio, by the way. Thank you. Uh, it was mid. It was twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. So it's kind of the height of of COVID and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't the same as Mayans us walking around without without mask and and the uh, that whole rule being passed by then and everything. So it was just weird because there wasn't a lot of hanging out with people outside of set. Oh shit! It was mask. It was all that, and then you know action, and then everyone takes off their mask and you're finally able to connect. But 
Um, it was cool. Shot it, shot it, uh, Toronto. Nice. Um, dubbed for New York. So it was fun being up there for like four months and, and four months it took to film that. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your biggest payday yet? Uh, I think mine's, mine's, mine's definitely matched, got that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> But it wasn't like I was shooting the whole time. It was like yeah. two weeks quarantine, right. having to stay there for a long time, so much time in between. So I was wow. just grateful they put me up for the amount of time and yeah, yeah. made a lot of Canadian friends up there, which was rad. That's cool. I've never been there. I've never, Dude, you I don't love think I've ever been there. You love, yeah. You've been in New York? Yeah. Yeah. My father's from New York, so we, we've right. been in New York a few times. Um, me and my wife went to a boxing match in New York and spent some time out there. I went out there to pitch one of my TV shows for the History Channel, you know, the New York scene. Sweet. It's it's cool. Pizza. Yeah. Pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Some pizza and uh, the Big Apple. I, I did the whole thing where you get to with the Times Square and look around the whole yeah. kind of crazy, holy shit, big fucking marketing everywhere you go kind of thing. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to take in. It's, it's a lot, dude. Yeah. Well, I don't know if people hate this or what, but I when I was there, I felt like it was like New York, but smaller, cleaner. In Canada, kind of nice for people. Yeah, really? oh, Toronto specifically. Toronto. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go there. I'd love, to, I'd love to. I would love to act in places outside of America just to try it. You know what I mean? Like I try to message people on on uh, Twitter, like people who share like some of my stuff that mm -hmm. are like Indian. I'm like, yo, dog, what's up? <laughs> Give me an agent. I'll go to India. I'll yeah. be in Bollywood. I'll yeah. try it. I'd love to film Vinny in Japan. Rock and Bollywood, baby. Yeah, I would do. I would do any of it. I'd yeah. love to try it for the experience too. Yeah. And the culture. Exactly. Would you bring your family? Depends on the gig. Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, yeah. shit. If it's a big enough gig, like we're all going. You know. What yeah. I mean? Like. We just finished watching Avatar. My, my daughter, she didn't watch it yet, so I've seen it several times. The the sec, was it the second one? Is it considered second one? Second I, one? I haven't seen it what? yet, bro. I know it's good. Yeah. So there's an emotional scene in it for me. But um, they filmed that in New Zealand. Hmm. Yeah, and they filmed the second one and the third one within like however however long. So years. Yeah. When you do that, you got to bring your whole family. You imagine? Man, I don't know. What a gig. Fuck yeah, what a gig, dude. It's what cool. A, That's kind a, of like the awesome part of our uh, yeah. industry too, right? It's like yeah. th the possibility that that could happen. You never really know what your next gig's going to do or bring you to. Yeah, I think every gig that you do get is uh, is the lottery ticket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And some of them are the mega billions, you know what I mean? And some of them are not, but they're still a win because it is impossible to land a role. I feel, that's how I feel. I would say it's impossible, because, but when you get it, you're like dope yeah but like it is i've i i guess when i first got because the first edition i ever got was mine's and i landed it that's insane so like, dude that is insane shit. i'm like i got have this. you told that story on this i don't know can you yeah yeah i uh, want to rehear it because also i love wendy <laughs> when she's great. casting director yeah. yeah um so i was you know the goal was to get into acting not sure really how it's kind of like everyone else who's like I want to do it, but by that time, I produced the film with some friends, and yeah. so we got an independent out, the independent film out there. The independent film did uh, extremely well uh, to the point where it was like the first independent film in Amazon's history to be three times at number one, like stupid. Well. And you shot that in we shot that in, in L.A. In L.A. In LA. Okay, yeah, cool. I think it was eighteen days. We filmed a full feature length film, comedy, nice. just kind of like dark comedy, veteran humor kind of thing, um, and it did good in our, in our world. And the demographic of like veterans and like dark humor fucking killed it. Um, but like when you produce your own thing, that doesn't mean I had, I didn't have an agent. Mm. Uh, I didn't have a manager. Uh, I've never done an audition cause it was my film. Me and my buddy sat in a room and, and with the writer and they, we created this concept. So I, it was the most unorthodox entry into Hollywood. Uh, and then from there I filmed, uh, a short film of a poem I wrote and that was in film festivals. And then I'm at one of the film festivals at the GI film festival in New York, that was at New York too, wasn't it? I think no, no, DC. Excuse me, wow. in DC. Cool. Uh, the host of that event was Jamie Keller. Jamie Keller is a forty-year actor, Navy, a former Navy uh, officer who is kind of in the comedy world. You mm. know, he played. Uh, he was a major character in what's it called? Not Lost Boys. Damn it, he's gonna be pissed that I even fucked this up. But he was a in a, in a major series for a long time. Cool. And then uh, he just kind of landed gigs here and there. And, and he, so he was the host and, you know, we showed our film and eventually we kind of talked and chopped it up with him a little bit. We did. My film for the PTSD kind of like one I wrote was in it as well as my movie that we produced, my friend a year prior. So they're all kind of hit at the same time. Gotcha. PTSD was the name of the poem? No, the, the, the poem was called The Long Way Back. Oh, okay. And it was essentially talking about like going overseas and kind of like 
kind of losing yourself over there and trying to figure it out again kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's been, I published the, the, the poem and a couple books and stuff, so I just kind of made a film around it. I wanted to kind of, kind of sh- visually turn it into something. Awesome. Um, and he was like, dude, uh, good film. What are you guys doing? We're bullshit with them. He goes, come out to LA, man. We do a thing called Dads and Parks, and it's a comedy, and we just do like a skit comedy improv. So fuck yeah. So he called me one day. Hey, can you come next weekend? I'm like, yeah. So we flew out there. Me and my boy Jared, um, who's another like was a business partner at the time, friend of mine, and uh, we went out there and did these these little improv comedy things. Yeah, and skits. genuinely, no script of just hey dude, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna talk about. I'm probably gonna talk about how big you are. Okay, cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I sat down next to him, and he scoots over, and I'm like, I'm not gonna kill you, you know, you know. And it just started. <laughs> and we went back and forth. And he's yeah. a great improv comedy dude. And we bounced off each other for a minute, and boom, that one fucking went viral for them. It was the biggest video that Dads and Parks had. Man, and cool. so we did a couple other ones, but that one was just kind of like the like, damn, that's set of presents, right? Then he called me and goes, Hey man, I'm filming some more of these. Would you come down? And we this time we got a budget from AMC and we're gonna be the pre to the previews. So our videos are gonna show before the previews. And at the time it was like infinity, infinity, whatever the fuck, one of the biggest fucking movies of all time was playing. So we were before that. Shit. And all of her little comedy things, blah, blah, blah. And people are sending me sh- screenshots. Like, oh, dude, you're on this. And I'm like, oh, cool, <laughs> cool. So I'm in LA filming this. And when I filmed my first movie, I became friends with Steve Howie. Steve Howie, we just stay connected. I say, hey, I'm really ready to get into acting. I've gotten, here's my headshots. Here's my, my reel. What's next, you know? And so I'm in LA and I go, hey, dude, mine's, bro. They're still auditioning by chance. Do you know anyone? He goes, actually, Wendy's a good friend of mine. Damn, Steve Howie from Shameless. Yes, from Shameless, right. It's so funny. Dude, I met him at the gym one time. Did you? Yeah, anyways. It's my boy, dude. That's cool. That's like my boy, my boy. We we randomly call each other. He sometimes just calls the vent. I call the vent, whatever the fuck. We've just been really, really good to each other. He's got my book. I sent my book early and everything. Like, good dude. Yeah. So he goes, send me what you got. Send my headshot, send my reel, and send my bio, right? He calls me within like fucking an hour and says, dude, they want to see you. I was like, what the fuck's that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they send the email. Meanwhile, I'm looking at me like, oh shit. And he goes, meet me tomorrow early morning for breakfast, real quick. I'm cool. like, all right, cool. So me and wife show up. It's her first time getting to meet him. So she's like excited. Sure. You know, he slides in and goes, All right, man, you've been to war. Okay. It's the hardest shit you can do. When you go in here, don't fucking act like you're surprised or nothing. Shake their hands, do the fucking scene, get the fuck out of there. He prepped you. Be off book. I was like, okay. He goes, all right. Love you. Later. He took off. Dope. And my wife was like, Good advice. But that's Steve. I was like, Yeah, that's Steve. You know, you kind of just real quick meeting. Um, and I took that to heart, though. I took what he said. He said, He didn't want me to go in there and being like just happy to be there. He said, No, dude, you're a professional. You know, you, you've done harder shit in combat. Mm. Go in there and own the fucking place and then shake their hand and walk out of there. He, he, he didn't want me to be like, Oh, I'm just happy to be. Oh my God, you're Kurt Sutter. Oh my God, you're Elgin. He didn't want me to be that. Yeah. He wanted me to just be like, You. Here I am. Boom, boom, boom. You know? Yeah. And so when I showed up, I brought my wife with me because I didn't really, I didn't really understand this, but John Berthold laughed at me about this. He goes, you brought your fucking wife to an audition? I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I didn't, guess it worked. I didn't think about it. But so we went to an audition. It was only Wendy. We did the tape. Yep. We flew back home because our vacation was done. And in the airport, when I got to El Paso, we got the other saying, he wants to see you tomorrow. I said, oh shit. I said, I can't make it tomorrow. The next day I can. She goes, okay. Boom. Flew back in. Right back. My dad brought me this time. And I took my dad to the audition. Like a dumbass. Don't know any better. Not that dude. It's great. Yeah. My dad goes, start doing that. My dad goes, hey, Vinny, um, you think they can get me a role? Like, I, don't even, I don't even have a fucking role. What are you talking about? So it's so oblivious to us how hard it is to land a job. We yeah. don't know. This is our first go at it. And we all think like, I'm getting it. My dad's probably getting a role too. Maybe my wife. Fuck it. Like, I don't know shit, right? Go in there and they gave me two characters. One's an, uh, a, a tough guy and the other one's a comedy, comedic mm. guy. And at the end of this podcast, I'm actually going to add, I'm going to add my my second audition. I have it. I have the tape. You so, have the tape? Yeah, I have the tape. So I'll, I'll make sure I, sh- I show you guys. From when, when he sent it to you? I have the tape from just the other day. I called and said, do you have it? And he goes, yeah. And they sent it to me and I screen, uh, screen recorded it. So I have it on my phone. I thought you were going to say your dad was taping it. No, <laughs> no, imagine. No. So then I did the first audition to Tough Guy. Done. Then I go into the second guy. They say, you want to sit down? I was like, yeah, I'll take a seat. It's a different look. Sat down and I'm doing the doing the lines. And I remember blacking out like, fuck, did I hit the lines or not? But when I came to, everyone's laughing, mm. right? And I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. Everyone's laughing. Got up. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Went to give me a hug. Left. By the time I got home, I had the job. Damn. Yeah. 
That's yeah, exciting. It's fucking crazy. The whole plane ride at home too, where you're just like, yeah, she's like, how'd it go? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I know if I could. I kind of blacked out. You know what I mean? One of those things. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's great, man. <clears throat> did you, that's did you that's have a, a really cool story. And <clears throat> I feel like part of the, like the craziness you said of bringing your dad and being like in our head, sometimes we think, yeah, this is going to happen and this could happen. And then I can get him a role in this and that Yeah, is a, is also a good quality though to have, I think in this industry a little bit, a little bit of that kind of hopefulness. It's the hopeful dreamer. It's the dreamer. dreamer. This yeah. could happen. It could happen. Yeah. You know, it's funny what I remember what we thought. I'm not sure if you thought this too with mine. So it's like, life's going to change and, and this is it. This is the big break. Sure. And Everyone that, feels like a big break. Right? Like yeah, every way, every yeah. episode, maybe every scene, you're like, this could be the scene. This could be the thing. Yeah. And then it's slowly deflates. You're like, okay, well, maybe it wasn't that thing. It's so, <laughs> but the next thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know that because like I go through it and there's no way I'm just like some psychopath and things like that. But I've heard other guys do the same. Is that something you do as well? I think everybody does yeah. it. Yeah. In their head. Yeah. Fuck, man. What was your favorite scene that you got to do as Bottles on Minds? Man, I think the whole experience was was dope. Ten episodes yeah. on it, and and every episode had a little bit of, uh, you know, a unique part of Bottles come out. I think all the stuff with Amigo was really cool. Um, yeah, really cool. Uh, and then, actually, you know what? You know what the coolest part was? was so i was born a little different right i was born with three fingers in both hands in a condition called fibular hemimilia which basically means i don't have the fibula bone in my right leg so because of that when i was born my right leg was shorter than my left leg and i had to have a series of uh, what's called limb lengthening surgeries yeah. in order to uh, extend my bone in my right leg and make it equal to my left leg so i've had 45 surgeries Holy between shit. age of seven and 17. Yeah. Um, and ultimately my legs are equal now. Everything's good. There's no pain or anything. My hands have never been an issue because when you're born with something, you really, yeah. you just adapt. You, you don't really know the difference. I'm kind of like a real life ninja, ninja turtle. <laughs> um, but where I was going with that was in, in Hollywood, in this, in this industry, TV and film, right? Yeah. It was always when I first said, I want to be an actor. I was questioning whether or not I could because of my hands yeah. and because of, I just didn't know if I, I would only get roles. Is that all they're going to see? Right. right. Um, the coolest part about Mayans was that a, they didn't talk about my hands once, which yeah. was rad Belgian and, yeah. and all you guys, all the, all the writers. But I had told that story, I think to you and maybe Brett Dos yeah. Santos once about all the surgeries I had. Um, but they had never asked if they could put it into the show or anything yeah. they, they didn't want to make like my my condition a, a thing yeah. as, as bottles you know what i'm saying but when i told them about my surgeries and they're like oh that's that's interesting could like would you care if i told the team that the writer's team i was like yeah of course and then when you guys came back and said hey we want to incorporate that into bottles of story um that was probably the highlight of of, really? his, of the show for me yeah because it was like the first time and i've done roles where they mention it or it's you know a, a thing and it makes it's part of the character's journey and, right uh but this one was told in a different way than it's been told before it wasn't like a sad quality to bottles yeah you know you feel for him because you're like oh damn he had that many surgeries and yeah. this and that but it made him more gritty, yeah. like a badass, because he's like, you know, in that whole scene where I'm breaking down to my amigo, and yeah. I'm like, dude, I had all the surgery, so that 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 motherfucker, like, I'm gonna knock him out when I can. Yeah, he rose above. You know, he's the underdog. Yeah, super dope. And I think people it's root really for the cool underdog. Really cool moment that one. Yeah, that was a really cool moment, and it was it made us all hate fucking homeboy. What was his name? What was the character's name? Lobo. Lobo. <laughs> it's all like, fuck him up, bro. <laughs> then he OD'd. I was like, all right, good. <laughs> I know. He's so sweet offset, too, though. Like offset. Oh, dude. He's, he's a sweetheart. They're all, everyone, everyone's great. Everyone's set. awesome. Everyone's great. Um, For sure, that was the highlight, though. Just because yeah. it was cool to, to finally share my real story. It didn't feel like I was acting in that moment, yeah, you know, because I was sharing my story. It's a big part. Of, like, my character was like, I had to differentiate who Vince was and who gilly was or what the other is, rocco is and who gilly is right yeah. and that's a tough one because like they're very similar and when i went to kind of character development and trying to develop the difference and this is some of the work i did with my acting coach was anthony gilardi shout out to my boy hmm, what's that? um it was like what is different between me and him you know and gilly he's willing to risk his family for the mission vince Rocco 
is not. Would never, yeah. Right. And so it's really cool and it made it really easy to know who Gilly was and who I was. Sure. And as much as some people probably see the similarities, like I internally know the differences. And that's what to me made like Gilly even cooler to me. Mm. I was like, oh, this is fun to play. This Did is it like, get easier over, yeah. over the five years? Yeah, absolutely. Six years? Yeah. Like the last season was kind of a cool part of Gilly questioning that too, right? When his son drives off, mm. that moment of like, is this even right? Like questioned it. Like mm. that, that's something that the Gilly character probably never would have in that moment. But now he's spending time with this kid, yeah. you know, and he's starting to like, oh man, this kid, this is my boy. I think that was really cool. And that was some, some nuanced shit that I think a lot of people were like, damn. I mean, I had guys tell me like, you fucking left your family, motherfucker. You know, yeah. On social yeah, yeah. media, right. But like, it was a really cool thing and, and being able to differentiate that was cool. But it, it was, it was cool that they also did the same for me when they asked my story and they asked, can we use it? Yeah, I think it's the same. It didn't feel like acting at times. And people were messing with me like, bro, it felt so real. I was like, well, mm. sometimes it is, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. And so uh, that's what it was for, for me and playing Gilly and some of those little veteran stuff. Do you think that there was kind of bits of truth in every uh, actor that was hired and their character that the writers kind of picked up on? I know. I know so. Yeah. I know for a fact that they watch and they're like, hmm. Interesting. Mm. I know that. But also, like, why wouldn't you? Right? Why wouldn't you keep them grounded in a sense? Yeah. With it, you know? And and I think that's something that I think there's a I think there's a little bit of bishop in you, right? And there's a little bit of easy in you. Mm. And there's a little bit of angel in you as well. Like mm-hmm. I think we can all find a little bit of ourselves in every single one of these characters. Yeah. Right. There's a part of us that does exist in real life. And I think that's why if you if you're an actor, you you have to be Vulnerable, vulnerable enough and open enough to know all of those levels of yourself to say, yeah, I could play that. You know what I mean? And I don't know. That's how I see it. As sure. in like, if they say, hey, Alex, we're going to make you a serial killer. There's a part of you that's probably like, oh man, I, I would never do that. And then you could probably say, but if someone hurt my mom, I'd sure. kill the fucking world. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and I've definitely thought about it. Right. You, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that's how I see it. Like, right. I could play anyone. Sure. You know, I don't want to play certain characters because it's too early in my career that I feel like it would, I don't want people to see me as that. Right. Sure. Like I'm the bad guy no matter what and everything I audition anyways already. Right. Like <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. every audition. Oh, bad guy. Okay. Bad guy. Okay. Big bad guy. Okay. Right. You know what I mean? So that's like, uh, your teddy bear it, though. It, no, they don't, they don't let the world know. Fuck. Teddy dude. bear. I know. Which character minds would you have wanted to play outside of bottles? Even though Bottles is great, I, I think your character is fucking dope, and I don't think anyone else could ever do that role the way you did it. Thanks. But what other one, if you had the chance, like, ooh, I love that opportunity. As an actor, as an actor to attempt those those ranges, those levels. Mm. I think, uh, I don't know. I might have to come back to this one. Let me, let, me, <laughs> let me switch it around a little bit. But off the top of my head, I think I love the Andrew. I love Wero's, like hot-headedness. <sighs> yes, that was cool. Uh, character that kind of has that just because i'm i'm in general i'm more like chill i'm more yeah. like, chill kind of vibes and i'm not i'm impulsive as fuck but i'm not like yeah like, like uh where I'm i think impulsive. there's a lot of truth in in in, in Wuddle's character in andrew sure. and i'm saying they were the version of him before in his past yeah because man he was so honest yeah he's he's rad too he's Dude, a great actor I, he's okay, in it, yeah. we're supposed to fly him out here as well we're gonna get him out here soon but that one scene where i was holding him back I got emotional because he was emotional and it made me emotional because I felt it. Like I'm holding his chest and I'm like, oh. in the tempo yes. after he shot. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like, God. I think damn. everybody. Yeah. What the audience doesn't see is the 100 people behind the camera, right? They don't. And they dude. all feel it too. They never see, like, everyone's like, oh, that was so good. Yeah. And they're like, all right, cut, do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wipe those tears off, motherfucker. Let's go again. <laughs> what scene as an actor? So I've been writing kind of like my mind's journey, mm-hmm. kind of like a book mm. a little bit. It is, but I want to get it done, you know, right now it's just pages. Can't wait to read it. But um, you know what? I've, I've written a lot in, so far about watching other people act, like and watching guys like Michael Irby, like yeah. guys like Beast. all those scenes that we get, to, we're, we're privy to. Yeah. Not everyone gets to see from the angle that we get. Yeah. Right? Um, was there something this season that stood out to you that you're like, shit, that was powerful? 
scene or just uh, performance or anybody? Any of it. I think I haven't been in, uh, like, Luckiest Girl Alive was such a great experience, but because it was COVID time, it wasn't as collaborative on set yeah. as Mayans was. Like, Mayans and Elgin and you guys yeah. and everybody behind the camera was so welcoming to be like, Come, come sit in, in in Studio Village and watch this next scene. Or yeah. you have questions, and and it was that yeah. collaborative where it felt kind of like interactive almost. Uh, yeah. yeah, like it felt like you were part of the storytelling, even when it wasn't your scene or yeah. your your thing. But uh, I thought it was really cool to watch JD uh, act and direct in the same episode. And that was also the scene uh, that I was talking about earlier with with telling kind of my story. So I felt like that whole day was was really special. But what a like powerhouse to go from acting and then having direct and then keep everybody on set kind of pumped and positive and, yeah, and doing the side speeches he was doing to everybody and yeah the way he does it uh, very hands on and it's cool to have a director who's an actor right because they know the journey that we're on right they know the headspace that we're on. And they also know exactly kind of what to say to pull what he's looking for as a director. Mm. And I thought that was like, so I'm doing this scene where we buried homeboy, dude. Yeah. And he's directing it. That's right. And, uh, you know, we're doing a scene. It's funny. It's odd, right? <laughs> you know, right? Like, weren't we were just like, fun as hell, yeah, it was yeah. a fun little it was scene. It like one in the morning. We're like, yeah. 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 Uh, who's hungry? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like Anyone him, else like, hungry? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say you're the one who said, I didn't, I didn't like him. Anyone who want to yeah. say anything? I never really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> No one liked him. <laughs> what a cool, that's part of like the bottles that's fun, bro. Cause you like in the, the real world of this MC culture that we have, you weren't supposed to say shit, but just be the prospect. Sure. And in our world of like RMC and how it works is you just tend to speak out. You know what I mean? Honestly. And yeah. that moment was such an honest, like, ah, I didn't really like him. <laughs> <laughs> and then down like no one really liked him you know what i mean yeah that was pretty funny uh and then you know the way we tied it up with like who's hungry kind of thing where the emotional shit like that's when gino looks at me and goes or gino's character nestor looks at me and goes hey what would you you're an og and i was like oh fuck that was fast as fuck for me to be an og all of a sudden you know sure which i thought was a really cool scene but the way jd directed that um, that was a powerful scene it by was. the way right because you had talked about your time served yeah and kind of tied it in as almost like a me uh, memorial to Lobo yeah. or oh, spoiler yeah. alert that's yeah. right <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet it's your, your bad it's your bad yeah I thought it was really cool and the way he pulled that out of me too was uh, because this is a huge acting podcast which I don't care I think it's cool but to explain it is when we read the script we make a decision as actors how we're gonna how we're gonna present that those words. Mm -hmm. And when I read that script, I didn't read that as an emotional part. Mm. I thought it was kind of a banter, like your your part and his part. I thought it was all just kind of almost throwing the line, but not so much. It was yeah. just more of like inform, inf, information. So let me just say, oh yeah, blah 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 blah. But JD wanted emotion out of me, and so he he mentioned that, and I'm like, okay, and then. He pulled some motion at me, which is really cool. Mm. And he was like, fuck, Rocco, that was so good. I'm like, oh, yeah. But I wouldn't have even got there because I didn't think it was supposed to be there. Sure. He's the one who told me he wanted it there, which is like part of the really awesome directing that he did. Yeah. Isn't that funny, too? Like, you have to sometimes be, you read the script and be pre as prepared as you think you should be or are going to be. Yeah. And then when, if somebody's like, dude, actually, we went this whole other way, and you're not, if you're not in a vulnerable space and be like just willing to, fail yeah. and, and say fuck it and i'll try it okay, yeah i'm not prepped though at all yeah it's exciting it's, it's scary fun, but dude. it's exciting yeah is there what do you outside of acting what do you do to get like your adrenaline uh jujitsu uh the gym damn um, i wish you were here longer we could have gone to my gym yeah i just go started ahead. going again recently it would have been cool to just roll with you i just gotta open back for us yeah we'll yeah. do it um, and then I do this like traveling kids camp for, for kids like me, kids with limb difference. So mm -hmm. I travel all around the United States, 12 different locations and, and be a kid basically at do, a summer do, camp. Do a lot of those kids have the same exact limb difference as you? Or is it no. common? Uh, no, the condition that fibular hemimelia is not, I think it's like one out of 40,000 maybe. So, so not super uncommon, uh, but. No, they, so it's limb difference and limb loss. Some of them are born, like I'm congenital. I was yeah. born like this. 
a lot of them are from accidents, lawnmower accidents, you know, uh, infection as a kid, bacterial or yeah. meningitis or something like that. And all walks of life. I think the really cool thing about this camp, it's called Camp No Limits. Camp uh, No Limits? Yep. Cool. Where's, and, uh, where's it at? So based out of Maine, but they have 12 around the country, Maine, uh, here in Texas, um, California, Idaho, Maryland, all over Florida. Um, but the rad thing is that you go at any age, right? Like three, sometimes even younger than that, but three is when they start to, uh, know what they're, know what they're doing and talk to other kids and stuff. Three all the way up to 18. And then after 18, they come back as, as mentors themselves. So they'll have people like me come in an adult person with limb difference to be the counselor yeah. and to do the physical therapy, occupational therapy, support groups, that kind of stuff. Um, but mentors to show the kids that, you know, that when they grow up, they're going to be just fine. Yeah. You know, and I'm an actor and there's other people that are, uh, go- Olympic gold winning ice hockey champions, you know, Damn. so we have mentors from all, all walks of life. That's cool. Cause they get to see that, you know, it, their, their limb difference isn't, isn't like going to, can't, or won't or shouldn't hinder their future potential dreams. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's it's a camp where the whole family can come too. So it's not oh, beneficial cool. for the kids, but the parents that are like come from these small, small ass towns. Yeah, they probably don't have a community to to confide in. Yeah. Lack of resources. So that's cool. It's really cool. There's a I had a guy on here named um David Vibora. He runs a uh it's called adaptive training center here in town next time you're in town we're gonna check it out right but it's a yeah. bunch of veterans who've who've lost limbs oh wow and amputee single amputee double amputee triple amputee it doesn't even fucking matter he puts them through workouts and gets them through it's like kind of like a like almost like a boot camp kind of thing that's really so fucking cool. dope for vets only uh i think it's for vets only it might even i think you might even have some law enforcement but i know that the the whole thing was intentional for vets mm. but uh next time you're in town we'll go and work out there as well so you can meet him that'd be awesome incredible dude. Yeah. He's a former uh, nfl football player and then turn into doing that and wow just great dude you'd love him and he'd be fucking awesome yeah but yeah it's exactly it's pretty- texas has a pretty big amputee uh community right or population is that because of vets veterans yeah texas has a massive veteran population yeah. you know and i know he's been running this program out of dallas for a long time and so he has guys who come in and out of this program and then sometimes they graduate from the program come back and, and become coaches or mentors there oh that's rad it's really really cool what, what he does is pretty pretty fucking awesome so i think uh you would really love that cool. we just we just had a board station get get hurt and uh we're still waiting to hear back how you know how long it's going to take her to recover, but she they just she just lost a limb oh, wow. in an accident that happened down in uh, Yuma sector. So yeah, I was going to try and connect them eventually once she's ready, once she's ready to to get back get back at it. But cool. I, I just love that you do that kind of shit, man. I think it's it's rad. You as a I, kid, did you have someone that you looked up to in the same manner? Uh, I didn't know. That's kind of why I feel like I've been doing this now for eight years going to this camp as kind of a mentor is that like now I could be that role model that I didn't have as a kid. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't really know. Definitely not on TV. I didn't know anybody like me, you know, and there's a small community now, you know, me and my buddy, Kurt, he's also an amputee. We're, we're, we're chasing it. We're trying to do it. We're trying to change the way you know, relationships with writers like yourself yeah. and, and other people to, to kind of change Hollywood and make it a more seen normal thing. Cause you go out in your daily life and you see amputees all the time, you know? Yeah. So. It's, it's interesting how Hollywood is always years behind the norm. It seems like it's like writing is always 10 years late. So, and I say that it's like for me, so my biggest struggle is that I was a federal agent with fucking neck tattoo and hand tattoos. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I was a federal agent tatted up. They'll never see me as a federal agent. Hollywood still to this day will not do it because it's so odd for them. They they're to wrap their head around right to wrap their head around. <laughs> you know it's truth. Yeah, exactly. You know it's truth. Yeah. You know it's truth. It's unheard of to them. Sure. I've I've worked with FBI agents who are fully fucking covered, mm. full blasted neck, hands, everything, just like me. And I was like, oh, that's dope. It's actually one of the inspirations. Like, oh, if he can do it, I'm gonna do this too because fuck it, right? What, right. I never thought I was gonna leave. But then you get to Hollywood, and like, no one sees me as a cop. No one sees me as a soldier, bro. Mm. No one. They see me as the bad guy. Sure. And obviously not the same, but the same. As in for some reason, it's like we have to go in here and hopefully start changing minds. Be like, no, dude. Like, I can be a big, scary looking dude and still be a sweetheart and a, and a, and a, and a teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Right? But for some reason, I, I actually think it's better. You know what I mean? 
think it's better to show these truths that we see daily yeah and also not just like expose them but like i think humanize them for the world right it's it's it should there's a little girl i think she's like 13 14 15 16 17 i don't even know i don't know her age at all but she's deaf and mm. she's on a TV show. And I've been following her as an actress because I'm like impressed. Like, fuck yeah. Rad. That's dope as fuck, dude, yeah. that they fucking did it right. Where they're allowing, they're not, uh, they're not kind of like, oh, well, she's deaf. Who gives a fuck? Dude, yeah. She's a great actress. You yeah. know what I mean? And so the fact that it's starting to be kind of a new wave of that is nice. Yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of cool. And, and like you said, guys like 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 writers have to be able to soak that in and, 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 and tell those stories too. It's almost like you need to prove it right like how do you prove it to the industry yeah other than roles here and there and everything's kind of a little stepping yeah. stone or building block but i think you need to be doing other stuff outside like you're doing here the vineyard rock podcast yeah. so people actually know you and then yeah. you're you know how you're going to get them to change their mind and how you're going to get them to see that it's it's partly the motivation writing the book yeah so like, oh, you don't see me as a federal agent well here's my book <laughs> now I do fucking, you believe I me fucking was yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. i was kind of a, you know it's kind of a dude doing the thing yeah yeah it's funny i have a picture in my uniform, hands just blasted, yeah, and there's dope all behind me. I'm on my knees in my uniform, right? I think it's super cool because it's kind of, you know, and then there's another one where I'm in a helicopter and I'm like, a, you know what I mean? Man. And my hands tatted up. I'm fucking kitted out, about to go run a mission on two escape convicts, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I did that shit, dude. Fucking, yeah. I guess that's the other reason why you as well have turned to writing. Yeah. Because how else do you kind of control your own destiny? If no one's going to write for you, why not write for yourself? You have to. You have and you to. can't just be one thing anymore in no. this industry, I don't think. You're right. I think I think you limit yourself when you do that because you're just hoping to fucking God that one, you win that lottery ticket of landing a role. Mm. And two, someone sees you as that person that they want to write about, mm -hmm. right? Or, or the character they want you to portray. And maybe that works in the beginning. Yeah. But even creatively, right? It's yeah. like, have, do, do you think you became a better actor when you started writing? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it makes you more well-rounded understanding the writing as well. Yeah. Right? What's uh, And how much goes into it, because it's hard as fuck. <sighs> at least I think. Unless you, like, really commit I have a lot 15 of minutes a day or something, yeah. whether it's shit or... or I, really, I noticed I have to give myself two hours to actually get something done. Or else yeah. I won't. Because, yeah. Or else 15 minutes, really, that's just thinking. You know, that's <laughs> thinking and questioning and, like, nah, maybe not. You know what I mean? Two hours is enough for me to sit down and be like, oh, God go through all the phases of like getting started and then you get started and then you're on a groove. You yeah. know what I mean? But if I don't give myself two hours, yeah. I'll never get anything done. Because I've sat there and looked at the script for like an hour and be like... Waiting for inspiration. Yeah, for it's something. like it's not working. Yeah. Or just, I, I'm so insecure. Yeah. I'm working on this, I'm working on a, a faith-based film right now. Great. And I didn't want to look at the script at all. And then I finally looked at it because I'm rewriting is what mm. I'm doing, rewriting and cleaning up. And I finally read through it, cover to cover, everything. And I was like... All right, cool. I know what I need to do. I was so insecure about this because sitting there reading these things, I'm like, God, I gotta fix someone else's work. I don't know if I, you know what I mean. All those, all those insecurities step in. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, cut this out, cut this, add this, boom, boom. I feel like I, now I feel really good about it. But it's like partly I just uh, the imposter syndrome. Sure. Still is always lingering. I think even in acting, it's just part of me. Like, eh. It's like it took me three years to put actor on my Instagram because I didn't. Believe. I'm like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'll probably tell herself. Yeah. It keeps you a little bit motivated, right? It keeps yeah. you grounded, having that mentality a little bit. But I think even the best writers or best actors still think that way sometimes. Yeah. What's your dream role? Uh, man, I I feel like just something keeping it fresh, keep doing different things. I think not to uh, not to bring up the hands thing again, but continued roles like bottles where it's not mentioned. Yeah. I think that's one thing about kind of diversity diversity in this industry is it hasn't really been found sexy yet, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that once it's found sexy, like once there's uh, somebody on screen with a difference or disability or whatever you want to call it, yeah. that makes it means that makes it sexy, right? Yeah. It makes it more mainstream. That'll be the thing where the people will be like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess I, I could see that now as opposed to I don't think they can see past it. Right. Right. It's now. like the trailblazers, man. You need those you need those outliers to change. Yeah. It's the disruptors, the people who really change thought. And they're like, oh shit. Yeah, that's bad. It's like, you know, you know, right now we have a big push for, you know, Latin and Hispanic actors. Yeah. And it's like Brown and when proud. You see, yeah, when yeah, we exactly. And when you see some of our actors doing it and you're like, fuck yes. That's proving we can hold, we can hold the lead role. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or we can write, you know, there's some writers out there right now. Oh, the writer of, 
He's so dope. And I can't even think of his name. I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm watching this show I actually auditioned for called Primo. Mm. Fucking dope, dude. It was fun. It was a fun, funny show. And I Googled it and it's a Hispanic writer. He lives oh, yeah. in San Antonio. I'm Primo. trying to get a copy Cousin. of it. Huh? Cousin, right? Yeah, Primo. Primo. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, cool. I auditioned for it too, man. But I, and now it's like, oh, it looks like a cool film. I'm going to check it out. When I saw it come out, I just saw who got it. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little bit like, <laughs> fuck, dog. Yeah. I'm better than that. No, no, no. Actually, I think all the actors did really well and they cast it really well. And it's, for a, sure. it's a cool film. But the, the writer and creator of that, he lives in San Antonio. So I've been trying to bug him for a cup of coffee. Oh, cool. Like, just, want, just give me a cup of coffee, bro. Let yeah, just, where you at? Yeah, let's just let's just talk, bro. Yeah, about <laughs> the next one. What are you working on right now with writing? I'm working on a uh, uh, comedy. I wrote a pilot uh, for a show. And then I think it would just be really rad. And it incorporates kind of, uh, kind of my world that I'm used to, working with people with differences, yeah. but in a funny way, something new to TV. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then a film. Let me send it to you. See what you think. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. What's uh, for acting right now is obviously we're all on a strike. I don't think when, when I post this, I'm gonna, this is going to go up in like two weeks. I think we'll still be on strike. Yeah. And uh, so, and I don't think anyone's going to be working until January, February. And that's usually late January, right? Right? And so what you think is the same? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <sighs> what a pain in the ass. Isn't it? Right, time to hang with family. Time to uh, catch up on other stuff. Yeah, I, I fucking guess. <sighs> I don't know, yeah. man. It's like, I much love yeah. hanging out with family. I'm like the guy that's like momentum was on my side, and then mine of stopped. I'm like, Fuck. oh yeah. So I'm still, you know, I'm still grinding it out. But like, I didn't, I didn't need that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like I felt like. Every time things are going right, it's like, bang. It'll pick right back up, though. Yeah. The momentum will be so. there. I had, then, a, I had a meeting for, for a really good role and right before. Yeah. So I was like, oh, fuck. You were telling me about that. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully we'll see how that goes. So I'm going to ask you again, what character would you want to play in Mayans? Man, um, you know, I thought that I was going to be thinking about that, but hadn't thought about it since. <laughs> no, take, I'm going to stick with my, I'm going to stick with, yeah. with, with Guero. Guero. Yeah, Guero was great. Yeah, I think the hothead, um, yeah. or just that something, a character like that yeah. would be a lot of fun to play because it's a little different than me in real life. I like, um, I like Michael Irby's character, right? Bishop. It's something so cool about that. I just don't, I think the challenge for me is like, I don't know if I could pull off how good he did it, right? Like, oh, of course, yeah. So good that I'm like, oh, I would love to play that role. I just don't know if I'm there yet. As an actor, I just feel like he's so good. He's a great actor. Him, Bishop in general, though, his character is cool because it's kind of like, it's like the guy, it, every thought you have that you would want to say out loud that we don't because we're scared or we can't, <laughs> he'll just, he does it. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of yeah. like our imaginary best versions of how we'd want to be. Yeah, man. He was. It's just ball, like having the balls to say, fuck it and just do it, whatever he, he wants. What, what I loved about him was when we're on set, he always kind of kept it alive, right? You know, he was always like just fucking, almost like he had like, hey, dude, chill, we're, we're trying to focus here now. <laughs> I thought that was really cool about him. But it, the coolest thing about it is that not everyone can do that. Mm. Not everyone can show up and fuck around the whole time, talk shit the whole time, and then they say action and they turn up the best version of them. Mm -hmm. There's some actors that show up and don't want distraction, don't want anyone to bother them, don't want to pull them out of their fucking zone. Yeah. And I think he's just so professional and so off book and so ready that he can do whatever the fuck he wants. When you say action, he's on. Yeah. And I found that like, like I looked up to that because I know that there's, but sometimes I can have like one line and I'm scared I'm going to fuck up that one line. And I'm so scared I'm going to fuck up that line. I keep reading it, reading just it, reading it. Overthinking it. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I just watched him like, okay, him and Danny Pino for me were like the most professional oh, shit. Like, I don't, I feel like I had to, JD is fucking professional as fuck. Like, yeah. very. But Danny Pino, I guess because I work with JD so much, it's all I know of him is I expect the best out of him. He's just great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Consistent. Elgin's, I mean, uh, um, Irby's character was so rad, but Irby himself is so wild mm. to see him just turn it on right when they say action. I think is fucking dope. But Danny Pino, I've seen him fucking do like three pages, no hesitation, no flinch, no fucking, no fuck ups. And I'm just like, holy fuck, this dude is real. He was one of the first people I met that first day to hanging out. You know, they were filming a scene, going back, meeting him. You know, he's Cuban as well. Yeah. My mom's Cuban. 
And he was another one like JD where it got to see him act and direct. Yes. And it was, it was rad. His directing was my favorite. Yeah. And, and I say my favorite is in like, I had some heavy roles and he was the guy and he was always just gracious as like the actor, right? The, the directors who've been actors, like they really get, they get it. They get it. Yeah. I was listening to, um, your podcast with Irby mm. and he was saying, you guys were talking about that, how he's, how he was on set and yeah. then straight into, uh, being on scene action go. And he's saying he, he needs, he needed that, right? He yeah. almost needed to be like that. I think that's yeah. what he said. I think that's a good quality yeah. to have because he, he was in it. He was always in his character, but also himself. Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. You're talking about Irby, how he gets like crazy, how he just, yeah. Dude. Yeah, but here talking to you, he was like, I, I needed that. Yeah. You know, I needed it, to be like that for you guys. Yeah. So you could believe me as Bishop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He the Everything he did was strategic. Like, yeah. And not in a rude way, not like he's pulling the wool over. No, he genuinely, he created an environment that he wanted us to have. And that's fucking crazy. Like, that's that's how dope he was. I really, I, dude, he's, he's so super special to me. And I think I have a more of a connection with him in the sense of like, personally, like, uh, connected to him as a person because I was just on my last podcast with Flo, we were talking about how film and television, it could be 10 minutes or an hour out of someone's life, but it's, it, it can change someone's life or it's not even just, you can be the freedom that they have for that moment. Sure. Then they have to go back to the real life. And us overseas, we're, we're dealing with, you know, potential like death and going to missions. But then when we're home, not even home, like when we're home from the mission as in, at our hooch mm-hmm. in between chow and the gym mm-hmm. and, and reloading our magazines for the next mission. We're watching the unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's your kind of escape, it's, right? It's exactly. Your net. It's yeah. that, it's that escape for the moment that you needed to just kind of like blur the rest of the chaos in our heads for that moment of like, man, what a fucking dope show. Turn, put the next one on, put the next one on, stay up late as fuck. Don't care. Just keep watching. And I found it's, a little bizarre and odd that he was the first person to sit next to me on the bus trip to Mexico. Man. It was just like, like, like if the Lord was giving me a fucking message, Sign. like here it is. Boom. Yeah. Yes, it sits next to you, big dog. And I remember I sat there and I'm like, what am I going to say? <laughs> you know? I mean, like, how do you introduce yourself yeah. to the dude who just kind of like was a big part of like keeping your mind right overseas? Some wild moments for you too during that time, right? Bro. I mean, you saw it all. That's so. what I'm saying. So it's like he was one of the guys who we looked at on film who took us away from a moment. Wow. And I was just like. Had you told him this yeah, after he the fact? He, yeah, I yeah. told him on the bus ride. Oh, We cool. talked for fucking two hours. Yeah. But I looked at him, I go, Betty Blue. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> like, like, boom, bro. He goes, uh, you, uh, you veteran? I was like, I was. He's like, fuck yeah, man. He goes, who are you with? And I was like, second 75th Ranger Regiment. He goes, fuck yeah. Boom, bro. And we just ripped for the next two hours, dude. And he was just this really like, what the fuck did my life turn into? Like, I would never imagine in a million years mm. I'd be sitting next to the dude I watched. You know what I mean? And now I'm on a show with him acting beside him. Fucking crazy but bro. when you were in your your hooch you call it yeah watching it did you have that i mean because you said you had the acting bug a lot prior yeah. to that did you i don't think at that time in my life i ever thought it would no? ever come to life not even somewhere back there like you saw it you could see it oh i'll say this <laughs> it's funny we used to have a, a camera we used for ssc which i can't even i can't even tell you what those letters stand for anymore it's, essentially it's like search like once you're done doing a mission in a house, so if I came in and did this mission, I would grab everything in here that's electronic so we can go do uh, like Intel dump on it, try yeah. to pull all the information. Oh, sweet. Right. And so we'd film all of the house so we knew where everything came from and we would kind of identify. So I guess we would just kind of get a visual of the house every time. Mm-hmm. And so I would use that camera to film short, like little movie skits. <laughs> that's right. Fuck yeah. On base. Yeah. Yeah. We we're overseas, but I'm in yeah. Afghanistan, bro. And I remember filming a scene, put my stuff on, and we we're just talking. It was hard to get serious because no one else was as serious as I was. <laughs> right. And uh, the character, I was saying, character called Ox. <laughs> yeah. And my boy was Dom. And uh, we were trying to play this kind of, it was our first attempt at filming some kind of movie-ish, yeah. you know what I mean? And I don't know where those videos ever ever gone to, if they ever exist anymore, but I remember telling I one they of- surface. Yeah, it'd be so funny. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. But I remember telling one of my, my dudes, like, I want to make movies. And so, so I wonder if they remember that at all. He spoke it. Yeah. 
kind of wild. I'm sure they remember. Do you keep up with any of your, your brothers in there? Sometimes. Yeah. Some of them. You know, it's so weird how the world goes. Yeah. Some of them. Actually, I know exactly who I can get a hold of who would probably get a hold of the guy that I'm thinking of. Ox and Fun. Dom. Ox and Dom, bro. Well, what else are you going to do to occupy yourself? I mean, yeah, right? Work out. I used to write a lot. Cards, I just, right? Dude. So, I wrote a song the other day. No one, no one probably heard that. I wrote a song the other day, and we're doing a, we're doing a um, documentary, and my buddy's doing a documentary on veterans writing music. Hmm. So I'm one of the guys in this documentary writing my music, and he said, "When did you start writing?" I was like, "In the military." I have these green books, a bunch of notes and stuff I wrote on. It's like really, like, yeah. And so he's like, "Can you grab one?" Yeah, and I grabbed them, and bro, I was broken tears. This is my daughter. Oh man. This is my daughter. I put it into the inside of one of my books, and this is like one of the first poems I've ever written in here. And so I wrote it. I, I read it in that thing, and in this, it's just writing like this. a slow, sad, depressing song is my life. Depressing life is what I've what I've been given to fight. That's all I'm worth to the world. Hmm. Like that's. I mean. I mean. Like. Jesus, bro, what are you going through? You know, but obviously this is like, like, you know, just the hard times I had, I was going through, uh, in the military and stuff. And these are all the books of that. This is the beginning of me as a writer. Had you, had you opened those, uh, prior to your buddy asking about no, it? No, dude. They're just, and I lost it. Yeah. I read it I and I, and I lost right back. it and I, and I showed it to him. I said, it's crazy. I'm excited for that film to come out to see, but it was the first time I've even owned these. I've had these with me for years, dude, since 2003. Hmm. Different ones like 2003, 2004, you know what I mean? I just keep, keep, and I kept writing them and I've never opened them. I've just left them. I even, I asked my wife when we first met, I said, I have these books and I'm going to ask you to never open them and read them mm. because I don't know what I've written in these, but sure. I know they're just mine. These are my, like my journal, you know what I mean? And so in these, out of respect, just leave them, let them be my thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I, I promise that to all my kids. If you guys have a journal, I won't ever read it. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you write in that. It's yours. I'll never cross that line because I don't want someone to do that to me. And in one of these other ones, that big green one, is the first movie concept I've ever written. Mm. And that was in Iraq. When you were in Iraq? Yeah. I've, this is the first time I'm pulling this one out. Oh, man. I, I feel honored. And have a bunch of... This is it right here. And this is called... What I just called it recently. Um... A story from my dream, 05-2805. The boys riding on the subway. Me, of course, daydreaming about bettering this life I've come to know. That's the first sentence. Man. Isn't that crazy? And I wrote this from a dream. Um, and essentially, it's something that I'm still currently working on because I want to redo all of it. But yeah, that's the first. that was the first movie concept I've ever written. That was 05. 05. 2005. Yeah. So tw almost 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, and I'm finally actually trying to do it. But I think you have in that, it seems like you've always been poetic, man. I always have. So, I, I don't even know where that came from, bro. Yeah. I always have. Expression. Dude. It had yeah. to come out. You found your way into the most expressive form. Yeah, I don't know, but I've always, yeah, I've always written some kind of poetic expression. Mm-hmm. Are you still know. documenting? Are you are you journaling today? Yeah, my it's all my notes on my phone now. So another eighteen years, you whip those out. We'll see. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, shit, dude. I know you got to catch a flight, man. And I appreciate you being here. Um, seriously, working with you on minds was cool, man. But that's not that's like just becoming a friend. Yeah. You know, being able to smoke cigars together. Yeah, we gotta do that again. Yeah, we will. Next we time will. we'll hang longer. Next time you come out here for a little while, I'll have more time, and we'll definitely do it. Um, I'll be in San Antonio for the Thanksgiving break. So if you're, if you get you and your girl looking to do something, you guys mm. choose San Antonio, let me know. That'd be rad. Yeah. Me and my wife, we have a babysitter because my mother-in-law's there so we can go have a dinner tonight or something like that. Okay. So if we do that, but, um, seriously, just becoming a friend of yours has been cool. It was, a, it was an easy relationship. I felt like it was very natural and then getting Same to smoke here, cigars and opening up and, and hopefully, uh, that project we talked about, I don't even want to say it, but the project we talked about, we want to film. It's a good one. Um, let's start working on that. Let's, sure. just, let's get to writing it. Oh, I have, I have time now. I'm on it. And uh, I'll get with my boy in Utah. And um, let's really kind of create something with that because 
I'll love to do what we said we're going to do with that. Yeah. I still watch what you sent me, just motivation every day. Good, man. Anything you want to give a shout out to, you're more than welcome to right now. Um, any, you, you said, uh, what was the, the camp is No Limit? Camp No Limits. Camp, camp No, no Limits, limits uh, changed my life. Uh, yeah. For, for kids, for if, for if someone's watching this right now and they have kids with, you know, different limbs in, mm. in, in situations, mm-hmm. how would they be able to find it? Is it just campnolimits.com? Nolimitsfoundation.com uh, or .org. I'm sorry. Nolimitsfoundation.org or just... Just uh, search Camp No Limits, uh, Instagram, social media. We're all up on there. You can see videos, clips, kind of of what we do. Physical therapy, occupational therapy, support groups. Um, if you're a parent of a kid with it, I think uh, um, feel free to reach out to myself or to the organization. Not alone. You know, there's a lot of us thriving, crushing it, doing what we do. Yeah. I'll make sure I tag your social media as well. So just make sure you send me that later. Yep. Um, Alex, honestly, it was great to have you. Thanks for taking the trip, dude. Thanks for being course, here in the room with us. Of course. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah, man. And, and, you know, hit me up if you need anything. You already know that. Always. Thank you guys for listening to a podcast. You guys know our sponsors, Core Medical Group. You guys know GMR Golden Boy on Box. Go get your subscription today. Uh, don't forget, we also have Modern Gun School. You can, you can get Modern Gun School paid for with your GI Bill and your VA benefits. Uh, they are an online at home armorer school. You can get certified. They offer you all the information you could ever ask for. There's other ones like it, but they're not the same. Okay, you guys go check them out. Everest.com. It is a trading post for outdoor equipment. You guys will love it. If you guys love going outdoors, it's like it's it's something I can never explain or put words to it. Go check out Everest.com. If you're an outdoorsman, you can find everything you need at one website. Go check them out. You guys already know. Thank you very much for following me. You guys check out the YouTube for the full. You got some clips all over the place. Either way, this is Vinny Rock, the mobile boy Alex, and we're out. Peace.